The Max Level Podcast for February 17th, 2020 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. On with the show. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games. I think I'm going to play some video games today. <laughs> what a shocker that would be, huh? No kidding. Sean, you finished anything for the game challenge? Nope. Still just linked to the past for the entire the entirety of 2020. I played it from <laughs> back to front this time. Started at the end. Went all the way back to my house. Remember Powdered Toast Man? Powdered Toast Man! Cling, hold tightly to my buttocks. <laughs> hold tightly to my buttocks. Was that was that Powdered Toast Man? Yes. Because the other one that I remember was from Rocco's Modern Life, which is the superhero, and I can't remember his name, but you would look into the nipples of the future, and his nipples oh, would God, shoot yes. out of his chest and connect to your eyes, and they would always scream when it happened. He'd be like... And they'd be like, ah! <laughs> but they could see the future when looking into his nipples. I miss children's programming. It's still on Pluto regularly. Oh, yeah. You can you can watch Rocco or Ren and Stimpy like real regularly. Yep. yep. Jessica and I do a lot on Pluto. Which I'm not I'm not sure I'm ready or it, I'm not sure my kids are ready for Rocco. <laughs> no. <laughs> or I'm not Stimpy. sure most 32 year olds yeah. are ready for Rocco, dude. Gaze into the nipples of the future. <laughs> Those shows were so bad. They were <laughs> so weird. No, they were they were great. There's the episode oh, where they, they prepared us for life. Where Rocco needs a job and he's like trying out different stuff, so he tries to be a plumber and that doesn't work. And then he tries to do something else and that doesn't work. And then he finds he finds a ad for telephone operator and he and he picks up the phone and he goes, Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby. And then it's like this the screen pans over and it's like Racco and he goes Mrs. Bighead and they both hang up <laughs> really quick he was, a, he was like a phone sex operator for like a day <laughs> so that happened in a in a Nicktoon TV show I, I had to look it up the superhero is really really big man that's right really really big man <laughs> no that's right I remember that now yeah uh, and it's, it's the nipples of the future right yeah yes 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 yeah I remember that name too that's so funny that's Kyle's nickname <laughs> But if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. Yay, yeah, hey, Sean's back. Max Level is a breakfast powwow between five friends wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. On today's episode, we're jumping into some discussions on Warcraft 3 Reforged and the controversy surrounding it, a new interesting game called Not for Broadcast, Bloodborne, and even a bit of Super Mario Odyssey. From there, Sony and Nintendo have been playing their cards very close to the chest as of late, and the silence has many people in the gaming community somewhat worried. We have a healthy and fun discussion on this silence and what we think we could possibly expect from these companies coming soon, while Microsoft, on the other hand, is doing the complete opposite and shouting from the rooftops about the Xbox Series X. I'm your host, Brian, and joining us this week, we have Frank. I'm back. You're always here, though, usually. Let's go. Yeah, there's, there hasn't been too many episodes that you've missed. Uh, oh, I'm the best. 
back in the booth. We'll see if he's uh, on his game today with the sounds or not. Sean's here. Uh, he's Brian. He's, he's Am back. I on my game. I'm back, homie. What's up? How y'all doing, level down games? Are you ready to get on it or what? We uh, we can always tell when Sean's Woo! here because we sat down to record an hour ago and we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> The derailment king. <laughs> Kyle is also here. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Daniel. Yes, Dan rounding out the crew. We are all here this week. It's going to be fun. Yeah, let's have some fun, guys. I am excited for this episode because we have a lot to talk about. But before we get to all that kind of stuff, special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for all of our content. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. I'm glad that both Kyle and Sean are here this week because I specifically oh, wow. put you, off talking. I well, I <laughs> specifically <laughs> mentioned last week on the show. No one else. I specifically mentioned on this show last week that I was going to talk about Warcraft 3 Reforged, but decided to delay it until those two were on the show because I, I needed them here for this because they've played the original. So that's why I'm saying I'm glad they're here this week. I'm glad you're here as well, Frank and Dan, you too. But I also needed these two here to, to talk about Warcraft 3 Reforged. Um, I know you guys haven't, at least to my knowledge, haven't played Warcraft 3 Reforged, but I know you're up on a lot of the things that have been happening surrounding it. Plus, you guys have extensive playtime with the original Warcraft 3. I myself have been jumping into a lot of Reforged and so much so that I have finished it. And I'm still not sure exactly how I feel on Reforged. I think that Warcraft 3 is an amazing RTS game. It's still one of my favorites of all time. And going and playing through this game again, like it, it is a masterpiece of a game. Like there's a reason why Blizzard became so successful after this and went on to spawn World of Warcraft, which became hugely popular for a time. But I don't necessarily know that we needed this reforged version because it didn't really do anything. I think that we we didn't need a reforged version. We could have used a good remaster. And I think that the main thing is that this really wasn't a good remaster. They didn't know it's terrible of of value to the game. The game is supposed to play the same as the original game. The mechanics all being the same. The engine really entirely being the same, just with updated textures and graphics. Right. Right. So. In, in theory, that works. It worked pretty well with StarCraft Remastered, which would have sold a lot better had they updated the game appropriately. Uh, and it looks like they kind of made the same mistake with this one, where they, instead of updating the game appropriately to modern standards, they really kind of screwed it up in terms of taking away a lot of the ranked flexibility between competitive matches, which an RTS game is going to live or die based on its competitive scene. That's how RTS games have always been. That's how StarCraft is. And Warcraft 3 was a, had a huge competitive scene for a while and still does to some degree on the original Battle.net servers. 
they merged those Battle.net servers into the modern, you know, Blizzard application servers and they don't it they they removed a lot of the ladder functionality and a lot of the ranked play that was originally available people lost a lot of their rankings um a lot of the matchmaking system was was completely thrown out and it totally changed how that competitive movement was so so there's a lot of complaint around that and that's just outside of the actual game not working correctly or working appropriately at all yeah and that's that's kind of what i was noticing while playing through the the different campaigns is that a lot of things just didn't work the way that I thought it would for like a reforged or a redone type of game. It didn't feel anything too different from when I played Warcraft 3, you know, what was it, the early 2000s, 2000 or 2001 or something like that. Like it really just felt more or less the same. And I, I was expecting more because when they initially showed this off at BlizzCon, it looked really cool. And their concept of what they were trying to do, it, it sounded like they were not necessarily remaking the game, but, you know, they were going to change some things, obviously upscale some things, make things work better, look better. And a lot of things don't even look better. Like that's that's one of my biggest issues with. So, so it's not even a reskin. No, that's exactly it. Like a lot of a lot, one of my biggest issues with Reforged is that in a lot of areas, the original game looks better than this new release. Release. Yeah, the, the people that have been playing it online, a lot of them are using the original graphics because the which is an graphics, option. Yes, yes. And you can switch back and forth. The new graphics just don't look as good and they don't lend themselves as well to the, you know, the the fat, the fast placed gameplay that the Warcraft three competitive scene is. I also know that there's a lot of bugs with the new graphics as well. Like in any RTS game, your team is is designated by a color and you can be, you know, you're the teal team or the purple team and all of your units and all of your buildings are that color with the new graphics those colors will change occasionally and so you will have you will have purple buildings and blue units will come out and then maybe like a red unit and then the enemy will show up with purple units and so you're you you know a, a lot of the kind of muscle memory and the and the visual memory of that game has to do with recognizing the colors on the screen, knowing if those colors are allies or enemies, and that's screwed up. That's bugged. And so you've got these battles, and if you're the same race as the other person, good luck identifying which whose units are whose. Well, that's a good that's a good allegory for war in general, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a like a Maury Povich show. Like who's the father, right? No? It's it's yeah. I mean, sure. That was more Jerry Springer, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, so yeah it it was so here's here's the reason why warcraft 3 reforged didn't didn't win my business and it breaks my heart because i'm a blizzard fanboy i think everyone on the who's listening to the show knows by now like i'm super into blizzard everything they do is got an ounce of gravitas to it just because it's blizzard right and when they did starcraft remaster or whatever i just felt like it was very underwhelming i felt like the team that directed the project wasn't really getting the reason why we would want this we didn't ask for it but why we would want it is to see a reimagining of something that we loved already we we don't want to see it crudely attempted again and the big thing that bothers me is blizzard's hallmark has always been cinematics and it it bothers me that they haven't released new cinematics for the game and and they they artfully you know they they did that to maintain and preserve the the art of the game originally but if we wanted that, we would just play the original game. They should have included old school cinematic 
cinematics and made new cinematics. And that would have made the game a lot more enjoyable for the single player uh, fan base. But now that they don't have that, I just was like, yeah, I don't really care about playing through the missions again to not experience the story aspect of the game a different way. And I am not trying to be facetious here, but tell me if this would have worked better. Even just make cinematics of the in-game World of Warcraft character models like you know how fans do. Oh, yeah. Even, even that would have been better than just retouching up the old cinematics and changing the contrast. Am I am I off on this? Like, what do you? No, I definitely think that uh, it would have tied things together even more than it already did. Like it would have made sense to do something like that now that we've had what? 16 go yeah going on 16 years this year of of world of warcraft uh seeing some of the character models from that in reforged i think would have probably made a lot of sense i just i feel like the game it, it some things are better left in the past right and that's the fear of remasters that's why you see all these remasters lately that just look like completely different games which is why we're so hyped for final fantasy 7 because it's a different game man that's I a mean, totally different re- game yeah if you remade ff seven the way that it was and just touched it up a little bit i i wouldn't be hard pressed to go out and buy it now i'm looking at buying a ps5 i haven't been a playstation owner since two i'm looking at buying it in ff7 remakes one of those key reasons why so i think that when you see the contrast and it's and it's right in front of us you see warcraft remastered come out and ff7 remake come out those both of those games in like the hall of fame of video game history they're huge they they're right like neck and neck with each other as far as their categories and yet the ff7 one has like a million more times hype than the warcraft 3 reforged one ever had i think it's just kind of telling you know yeah i I don't know Warcraft 3 Reforged, I mean, there was a lot of buzz around it before it came out. And, you know, now that it's been out for a little over a couple of weeks now, there's not it, there's not a lot of people chattering about it anymore. It's definitely slowly fizzling out. You know, people are still playing it like on Twitch and competitively, like Kyle was saying, but it, it's it's not what it was. And them linking Reforged together with the original game, uh, from what I understand, now this is something that I'm not 100 percent familiar with because I don't really jump into competitive that much but i think that it made a lot of the custom maps unplayable from the original game because they did link them together you mean i can't have blixer's tower tower defense and footman games or all that jazz it's it sounds like there's might be some issue with that kind of stuff yeah and that's that's, that's i was gonna say and that's really unfortunate because i know a lot of custom games uh were were a big reason why warcraft 3 kept having people play it on a on a regularly consistent basis so the uh the next game i want to talk about here briefly uh i don't know if anyone else has heard of this besides kyle but i've had the pleasure of jumping into not for broadcast recently uh kyle you and i were talking about this uh i randomly stumbled upon easy allies streaming this about a week and a half ago or so on their twitch channel and i was like what is this this is so cool looking and i had to look it up and it's this alternative history version of like a 1980s Britain era and it's basically Frank I think you would actually enjoy this again look it up it's called not for broadcast it's a full motion video uh, game kind of very reminiscent of like night trap or plumbers don't wear ties and all that bull crap all, all, all the best games yeah all the best games but you are in control of this new studio and 
your job is to basically run the production truck, you know, but you're Kevin Dunn basically in WWE and you're watching the four monitors on your left hand side of the screen and they're numbered one, two, three and four. And it's it's a news production company. So you want to make sure that the relevant shot is the one that is currently being broadcast to the live audience. You can you have a countdown timer at the top of your screen that shows how long each segment is supposed to last for the the middle screen the the big screen in the middle is the screen that's live for you like that's the one that you're currently seeing in real time and then, then there's a screen to the direct right of that which is the broadcast screen that's what the audience at home is supposedly seeing you know how they always say there's like a, a three, four second delay for anything that's live. I mean, that way they can censor things out. They can change things they, that, you know, even WWE, any any live TV show runs on a slight couple second delay and not for broadcast actually does that same thing. So the first uh, the first thing that you're doing in this, there's an interview with this eccentric actor and, you know, he swears during the interview. And at this point in the game, you know, it's still early. It's like in the first 30 minutes, the person that's helping you over the phone because it was his job and he didn't show up for work. And so you had to fill in. So he's like, oh, I forgot to teach you how to censor. We'll worry about that later. So, you know, he's like the guy on the screen is like saying fuck and that actually gets through the broadcast which doesn't get you in trouble because again you don't know how to censor yet but after that you learn how to censor and there's like uh, much like what I'm used to seeing when I edit podcasts and videos like I can see like the the vocal waves on the bottom there and anytime there's a swear word it highlights that area in red so you're not having to like guess where it's at and as soon as the the bar gets over that you just you hit the censor button and it censors it for the live audience. Um, you can switch through. I, I forget. There's a I think it might be space that actually censors it uh, on the keyboard. Like you don't have to click anything as long as you remember what keys do what. Everything can be controlled with keyboard. Uh, your one, two, three, four keys control the four different camera shots that you have. So switching back and forth is relatively easy. They say like you never want to stay on one shot for longer than 10 seconds because they they want it to be dynamic and, you know, entertaining for the audience at home. Home, so you want to keep switching back to whoever's talking or wide angle shots or that kind of stuff. Um, they allow you to load in different ads because after each uh, like segment or whatever of the news, you know, it's commercial break. So you put these VHS tapes in this uh, player underneath your station at the uh, at the start before each broadcast and you switch, you know, you can pick which ad you play during what point. It's very interactive. It's very entertaining. And the acting and FMV aspect of the game did bring me back to that like mid 90s style when these things were so freaking popular and I kind of got addicted. It's in early access on Steam right now. So that is a little unfortunate because there's only three chapters available when the game is done. They're saying it'll be in early access for roughly 18 months. So we're talking next year in terms of when the game is actually finished. 
it's going to be 10 plus chapters. There's going to be so much content in this game. And as they add more and more chapters, they will be released episodically. So it's not going to be like I have to wait until next year to play the full game. I'll be able to play the new chapters as they release. But just what they've done here, the acting, the the way that you feel like you're actually in control of this new station it's so cool. Uh, you can look to your left and hit switches. You can turn a fan on it's like it's a legit station. You look to your right. There's a phone down there that you can answer. Anyone calls you um, to make it more of a game. There's like interference that you have to avoid in terms of like signals and that kind of stuff. So you can use your scroll wheel on your mouse and you move up and down and you want to try to avoid uh, like these green blocks will be coming at you in this grid like area on the screen and you have to move this dot up and down to make sure that you're avoiding the interference so that, you know, there's no like static or white noise on the screen. It's super interactive. It's super cool. I I highly recommend checking this out. Kyle, you actually were intrigued by this when we were talking about it. So I don't know if you looked into this anymore, but I've been having a blast with it. I've watched a little bit of it, and it's definitely a game that I'm going to keep on my radar. Again, I don't normally go in for early access games because I need to do the whole thing at once. I don't want to keep going back to a game as like chapters are released, which is what I do with like Life is Strange, you know. But, yeah, you uh, still haven't played two yet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, that's this year. It'll happen this year. But uh, no, it is a game that looks really, really neat and has a very cool concept behind it and very interactive. And uh, it, it kind of reminds me, concept-wise, it's definitely, you know, a whole different tone and everything. But a, an idea that doesn't seem like it would make a great video game, but actually does kind of like Papers, Please. Yeah, and it's heavily compared to Papers, Please. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like and reminds me of a lot. So it's super cool idea. I'm, I'm excited to see how that evolves and whether it picks up traction as kind of a popular video game, you know, as the full version kind of gets completed. I definitely hope this catches on because I would love to play more experiences like this. Uh, Frank, obviously, I, I know you are somewhat of an FMV fan in terms terms of, of video I, games I, are, are you looking at this at all as i talked about I, it like, I, I, and it's what's uh steam watch list i was gonna say what do you th- what do you think yeah it looks it looks really intriguing and uh like i said obviously i've played the three chapters now i can't i'm not gonna count it as a game finished because it is just an early access game and it's not a complete game i did finish the three chapters that are available but i'm not counting it for the game challenge because it's not a finished game yet um but i but i do highly recommend it if you miss that old fmv style if you miss a lot of the just wackiness or creative ideas that gaming used to have and and a lot of times doesn't anymore this is something that i really do hope catches on and ends up being the revitalization of this type of genre you know the fmb thing because i looked into steam to see what other fmb games recently released after i i got you know hooked into not for broadcast and while there are some there's not a lot and most of what was there uh wasn't that intriguing looking at all so i I think uh i mean i don't know the studio that's behind not for broadcast i i didn't look that up um I, I really wish I would have because uh, not games. I think it is. I'm looking here now. I think it's not games published by Tiny Build. So I, I do hope that uh, they they find success with this because 
I've been having so much fun. I've been having a blast. But Kyle, I want to kick to you now because you yeah. have been playing one of my favorite games of this past generation. And I do want to get your thoughts on these because I I know you were struggling at first. Tell me about some Bloodborne. OK, now this is interesting because you've also been playing one of my favorite games of the last generation, right? Mar- Mario Odyssey. <laughs> right. So you've been playing Mario Odyssey and I've been playing Bloodborne. Uh, it, not it, definitely not my favorite game in the last generation. And I don't think Bloodborne's your favorite game, but we've we've kind of swapped roles a little bit. You've been playing a game I'm really into and I've been playing one that you're really into. And we've both been struggling a little bit to kind of really get into it. Right. Which I think is super interesting, just kind of how our how our interests align so much sometimes and then conflict so much sometimes um i do like and appreciate bloodborne i'll start with that i i appreciate all the things that it sets out to do i like the ideas behind it i like the mechanics behind it i wouldn't say that i'm like really enjoying myself and again this is my first time really going into a from software game i've never played any of the dark souls games i didn't play sekiro and this is my first time playing Bloodborne and I, I'm not super enjoying my time there. Now, I am kind of addicted to it because it's it's a game that as you practice and as you put more time and effort into it, you feel yourself getting better. So I'm I'm in the what did I tell you? I'm in like the third or fourth area of the game, right? I'm in um, the Forbidden Woods, I think is the name of this area. Yeah, because I, I, I know you uh, you finished the the Vicar Amelia fight. Uh, I think you did the Blood Starved Beast, which is one. I, did you do I that did one? Not, I did not do Blood Starved Beast. I don't know about Blood Starved Beast. OK, so then you are because um, there's different ways you can go. Like right. you don't have to do the bosses in. I mean, obviously, some of them are in a specific order. Uh, the the Forbidden Woods is uh, man. I think the boss are coming up on there. It's the Shadow of Yarnum. And uh, that's a cool fight. You'll enjoy that. Okay. one. Forbidden Woods is a really cool area. Now, the Vicar Amelia fight is probably the easiest boss fight that I've had so far, just because I I had like another hunter with me, Hunter Henrietta or whatever her name was. I don't know what her name was, but she basically just tanked the entire fight for me while I whooped on this dude. And that was really nice. Um, I don't know why they like allowed me to do that. I don't know if that was something I was supposed to do, but she came with me and took me maybe three tries, which is not very many tries for a boss in Bloodborne. Well, there are there is like a multiplayer mechanic. I mean, a lot all from software games have that and you can summon other players into your game to help you out with the bosses. This was I don't think this was another player. I think that this was a computer. Okay, okay. See, I don't I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly which ones allow you to have NPCs and which ones um, because I know you could summon other players into the game. So now here's here's the thing, too, is I I don't know that it was a computer. I'm actually not sure what's going on about 65 percent of the time <laughs> I'm playing this game because they don't tell you a damn thing. No, there's, they don't. There's, there's, there's really, no, there's really no like text. There's no narrative. There's it's no just tutorial. go out there and do this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good luck, loser. Like have fun. And and when I started playing it, I, I messaged you and I was like, I'm doing something wrong because this this isn't right like what whatever's happening in this game right now is not right and you're like nope 
that's just Bloodborne. Like, yeah, no, you you were doing you were doing everything right. It's just you do have to acclimate yourself to the way from software games work. Uh, Trying to rush things is the worst thing that you could possibly do. Like if you oh, I can get another attack in here. No, no, you actually really can't. You do want to just attack once or twice and then back off before before the thing even starts attacking, because you want to make sure you put enough distance between yourself and the enemy, even normal enemies, because you can only take a few hits and then you're done. And then you, you know, you respawn at the right. uh, at the nearest bonfire that you most recently rested at or whatever. But I, I they're bonfires in it's Dark Souls. Lanterns I think they're lanterns in, in Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're shrines in Sekiro. Uh, curious what they'll be in Elden Ring. But um, it's it's a masterclass of a game in terms of the way that the world is interconnected and everything flows so well together. Yes. Like you'll, I agree you'll be with going that. through an area and you'll come across a locked door and then you keep going and then eventually you'll end up in another area and you, you, you know, you're like, oh, there's another locked door, but oh, I can open this locked door. And then you open the door and holy crap, you're back in like central Yarnum or something like that. Like right. everything really connects to central Yarnum in some aspect. And that's that part is really, really neat. And I enjoy that. Um, I do. I do like that. Like I said, that kind of the more you dedicate yourself to exploring and going through the game, the more you see, the more you understand how the game flows. And and sometimes it's worth that extra push to say, I'm going to try to just get past this next area, because when you do, you open up like a shortcut, you know, that you're like, all right, I never have to do that area again. And that's really, really nice. That's a good feeling to be like, all right. And, and I've also noticed that before every boss, you get a shortcut. So that once you die, you can pretty much you can get right back to to that boss again, which is very kind of them. Honestly, I do think and I told you this, I think that what would make the game much more palatable for me is a map system. If I did have a map that I could look at and not that you you go to an area and you get the whole map, but a map that uncovers as you explore the areas. Right. So you kind of uncover the map as you enter new areas, because I do get lost and I do get turned around a lot of the areas are very samey looking and i'm like well did i go up a flight of stairs did i go down you know did i take a left there i can't remember because you are i mean it takes a while to make progress because you're fighting so many enemies in between and so i think a map system would have done this game wonders there was a time when i said you know what i'm gonna give this game just a couple more hours and i'm and then if it doesn't click for me i'm done uh i think it was after my first or second play session because it just really wasn't clicking I've gotten to the point now where I think I've made enough progress that I'm going to stick it through to the end. Yeah, I think you should. I mean, you've already done like three or four, maybe five bosses. I don't know exactly how many I you've done. I think I've done four, yeah. Yeah. You still so. need to meet the rock biter and save the childlike empress. You have the- exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, I think I'll probably see it through to, through to the end because there's I, I'm enough. I'm far enough into it now. I've leveled up. Quite a few times, I think I'm like level 29 or something, 27. The the more the more you put into it, the more you level up, the easier some of the enemies do get because you're able to go in there and defeat them a lot quicker. And obviously that is what is slow about the game initially is that you're very underpowered. You do have to put time into dying over and over and over again in order to succeed. Like that's part of the From Software formula. And the I've, I've leveled up my weapon a few times. I started with the Hunter's Axe. 
which I don't know. I It gives you, I think, three weapon choices to start. And I chose the Hunter's Axe and I don't I just chose randomly. I had no idea. I'm happy with that one now. I do like that weapon. I've only used one other weapon and I went back to the Hunter's Axe. I've leveled it up a few times. I've put gemstones in it. You know, I've made it I've made it a much more powerful weapon than it was originally. And so I'm happy with that weapon. Uh, it's just it is it is. And, and I told you this, too. And, and anybody that's watched my Twitch stream back when I used to stream knows that I don't get super frustrated while I play games. I don't rage a lot. Um, I'm usually pretty chill, pretty calm. Even I, I was playing games like Hollow Knight. Cuphead, you know, games that can be frustrating for a lot of people that did not frustrate me. I I actually enjoyed the process of playing those. This game has really frustrated me, but beating the bosses and finally unlocking one of those shortcuts or something really is rewarding. And I know it's super gratifying. That sense of reward, that sense of of accomplishment is probably going to be enough to push me through to the end. I'm not going to say that it is enough to push me through to the end, but I think that it will be. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to keep trying. I got to I got to keep giving it my all because you went all the way to darker side of the moon in Super Mario Odyssey. I did. Yeah, I pushed through. And, and, And I think it's funny because uh, you know, a lot of your issues with Bloodborne and, and the reasons why you're frustrated are totally different than, you know, the reasons that I was frustrated with Mario Odyssey. Yeah, uh, if you were dying too much in Super Mario Odyssey, I'd start to question our friendship, honestly. <laughs> yeah, the, game, <laughs> the game is so freaking easy, man. And that is one of my biggest complaints about Odyssey is that the, the game is just, you know, OK, when you get to the Mushroom Kingdom and you have to refight all the bosses that you've already fought in the game. If the bosses would have been like that initially, I think I would have enjoyed it more because they were much more challenging. Yeah, it becomes and a boss rush a, a boss rush mode with kind of an, an extra step of challenge. And I like that. Yeah, the mechanics were interesting. You know, they added just enough, a little bit more difficulty to make them a bit more challenging because, you know, they were so simplistic. I didn't die a single boss the entire game up until like some, I think, one random boss of the Mushroom Kingdom actually got me. I was like, holy crap. Like, I was just smoking these bosses left and right. Even the dragon one that Frankie were so excited for me to get to in the Ruined Kingdom. I, that was so easy. Like, all these bosses yeah, not were difficult. so freaking easy sure. that um, it, it really was disappointing to me. And I just felt like the game was inflated for length when it was it didn't need to be like there didn't need to be 999 moons, which I didn't get. There didn't need to be, you know, a requirement of 500 to get to the darker side of the moon, which is the final kingdom. Uh, you know, I, I did get there. Uh, I, I appreciated I thought the dark side of the moon was stupid. Uh, I, I didn't really enjoy that aspect very much <laughs> because, again, you go in there and you fight the fuck brutals all over again like this is the third time yeah. you're fighting these things uh, a, another complaint of mine with odyssey you you do refight the same bosses way too often in this game but when you get to darker side of the moon you told me like it's it's a like a masterpiece in terms of platforming for mario and i definitely agree with that did you um, did you finish darker side yet yes i did last it, night was that not i mean it's a very very well made level it's very well made but it uh, it was a little frustrating because it, it puts you back at the beginning each time you die every time you die you're right back at the beginning <laughs> i was like because i got so close i was like son of a bitch <laughs> yeah it, it definitely took me quite a few tries to get through that 
Um, oh, that was definitely the hardest part of the entire game for me. But that's totally. fine again. But here's the issue. Darker Side of the Moon and the Mushroom Kingdom are my two favorite aspects of Mario Odyssey. They came way too late in the game for me to care that this game was now fun. Like, you know, being back in the Mushroom Kingdom, the fact that you're collecting stars instead of power moons, the fact that, you know, it plays the old Mario 64 music when you collect a star as opposed to the Odyssey music when you collect a power moon. Uh, it just th- that stuff like it. I was already bored with Odyssey. Yeah, I was. But it, no, it, it did. It, it definitely was what I wanted because Mario 64 is my favorite Mario game of all time and still what I consider the best Mario game of all time. But I, I do think that it just came too late in the cycle of gameplay loop because while it did speak to me and it is what I enjoyed, I was already bored with Odyssey by then. You know, I, I, understand I, that. I was ready to move on. I, I was I was so frustrated in the Bowser Kingdom. I was so frustrated in the Moon Kingdom. Like I just wanted the game to be over because and I'm glad I didn't have to go back and grind. You know, I did find enough power moons through all of the kingdoms. I didn't have to like buy my buy my moons afterwards. Like I was able to find the ones that were unlocked before the the moonstones or whatever they're called after you finish the game and you can go back to each level, break the moonstones and then more power moons become available in every right. single kingdom. Didn't do that. And I don't plan on doing that. I saw the credits roll. I unlocked all the kingdoms. That's pretty much the gist of my odyssey. Uh, I, I'm definitely moving on at this point. And uh, yeah, the secret ending isn't that great. Okay. No, I mean, no, 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 no. That, that's that. I mean, you already told me it's just a letter from Princess Peach and who freaking cares uh, about a, another letter from Princess Peach? Like where, wherever she packed up her suitcase and went, because that's what they were saying in the Mushroom Kingdom. I don't care. <laughs> she could stay there. <laughs> I mean, how many damn castles do we need to save her? Oh, I'm going to spoil it for everyone. The actual secret ending is you get to the top of the castle, you throw your hat on a little thing, and then she waves goodbye to you while, while she's at her castle. That's it. Oh, you man, that's, yeah, that's, all. that's stupid. That's dumb. You, you, you wasted <laughs> your time. Because um, you, you can get, I think, 880 moons in the game, and then you have to buy the last 119. Yeah. Yeah, so it, was, yeah. it wasn't worth it. I will say, I will say. <laughs> not, 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 not as cool as my golden poo. shout out to the developers though for actually making a really fun water level i think that the seaside kingdom is so well done i think that's one of the better kingdoms seaside kingdom was cool i i really enjoyed the aesthetic of that kingdom and the underwater swimming in this game is not aggravating like it is in a lot of mario games so no not at all i enjoyed the wooded kingdom as well i thought that one was super fun i think that that was one of my least favorite ones actually did did i I complain about that one to you uh, you might have. There's really good platforming in that one, but it's so big and and like convoluted in certain ways. And some of the hidden moons are so hard to find that that one aggravated me. I just liked the little guys with the the long legs that could stretch up. Oh, and yeah, some yeah, of yeah. The, pla- the platforming mechanics Those that are involve that. But uh, yeah, Odyssey finally finished, which uh, I guess can take us right into our uh, our game challenge update. Because that is something that I did finish this week. Um, Since I already mentioned it, I guess I'll go first. I finished three games this week. Takes me up to 35 total. Uh, In in the order that I actually finished them in, I I did finish Ark of Alchemist. I was going to have a review for that um, last week, but I did get sidetracked. Had a few other things going on. So I'll be putting up a review for Ark of Alchemist this week. Uh, Obviously, Warcraft 3 Reforged. I also finished that. I will have a review up for that as well, probably this week as well. And 
and then uh, Super Mario Odyssey literally just got to the darker side of the moon at uh, like 3 a.m. my time last night, finished that, and then went to bed. So uh, completely finished those three games. So that takes me up to uh, 35. Uh, Sean, nice. I know you probably didn't finish anything. <laughs> Get that crap out of here. Not yet. Still just a link to the past for the first <laughs> month and a half of 2020. A, uh, I got priorities, man. 20 got, plus I'm, year old game. <laughs> you, you had to knock out the the, the classic. <laughs> Dan, I know you uh, finished some stuff. What did you finish? I finished Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah, that takes you up to four total now for the year. Yes. Uh, with, with Ori and uh, two of those being Metroidvania. So I think you're definitely having some fun with that genre <laughs> i am it's starting to kind of I'm starting to find a trend a new favorite genre of mine get away for that looter shooter you're in good company my friend it is it's a lot of fun the games have been so great uh and i'm looking forward to playing even more i think uh guacamelee is gonna be the next one i'm gonna try to beat nice i'll be there to check that out uh frank did you finish anything Pokemon Home, but you know that's that's how it means. It means it's time for the quick time event. <laughs> Pokemon Home doesn't count. You're still at three. I'm still at three. Kyle, I know you finished uh, a few things. I think I did. I finished two games since we've last spoken. I finished The Last Guardian, yes, which I liked, uh, and I finished Journey, which I also liked. Oh, nice. Um, you've never played Journey? No, I, uh, it was a PlayStation game and I, it just recently came to PC, but I didn't buy it because I found out that it was on PS now. And then I just recently got PS now to play Bloodborne. And before I hopped into Bloodborne, I did a run through a journey because I knew it was only a few hours long. Yeah, it can be finished in like three hours. Um, super interesting. Both games that you finished there, very emotional games. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, that that's so exciting to me, obviously, you know, being someone that enjoys emotional games just like you do. Uh, journey has an incredible story that's being told uh, very much like Bloodborne without any type of narrative going on. Like it all is just there. Like it's something that you have to figure out, but it is relatively easy to figure out what's going on. And then The Last Guardian, man, what a ride that game was. It had some issues. It wasn't a perfect game, but the story that was being told was just so incredible. It's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to Temple of Time from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, as this week Brian and Frank explore the spiritual and holy, or unholy, side of gaming with music from cathedrals, churches, temples, and sanctuaries with an episode titled The Sacred and Divine. Enjoy! Thank you. 
don't forget to catch this week's episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast this Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice. But that sound right there obviously means it's time to transition into a little quick time event. If this is your first time listening to the Maximal Podcast, Quick Time Event is a question and answer segment <laughs> with us. Yeah, we apologize that you also get to participate in. Each week, we'll select a listener submitted question, which will be pulled from maxlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlevelatlev
No, let's let's not kid ourselves. Let's let's not kid ourselves. The Dark Cloud is a series that definitely needs to come back. And uh, Joe the Chode said he'd like to see Dan. Maybe something you'd also want to see. Mag from PS3. Uh, mm. He would like to see that IP brought back because that one was like a 256 player FPS that uh, was kind of ahead of its time back when it released on PS3. So that might be something that you'd be interested in if they ever brought that back. And uh, shout out, shout out to Joe the Chode. Saw he followed you on uh, yes on uh, yes on Twitch. What I was trying to say there. So yeah, he dropped a follow. So yes, thank you for doing that. Yeah. So, hey, honorary mention though, we need a new console from your boys at Sega. That's what we need. Well, that was one of your uh, 2020 predictions. So hopefully that comes through for you. <laughs> I know. Freaking doubt it, man. 2020 is such a crap year right now. What's going yeah, on? Honestly, we, should, we need a new game gear. New oh, game gear, yes, baby. we do. New game it's been gear. a bummer year for gaming so far. We've not had a lot to really go off. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that relatively soon. Uh, well, let's but, do it, man. Come on. No, we got to wait. We still have things to get through. <laughs> we have this week's question because it came to us from Tyler through MaxLevelDownGames.com. And he wanted to know. I'm curious what you guys will say with this. I know what I'm going to say, obviously. If you could only play one video game for the rest of your life, which oh, one would it be? Man. Tag Team Wrestling. Oh. <laughs> is that your final answer no 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 regis it's not <laughs> that is a harder question than you could possibly imagine but i not would, for me it's uh, not for me probably super mario brothers 3 okay Ooh. frank frank goes super mario brothers 3 kyle what do you think it would have to be i mean a very expansive game that i could really dive yep. into and you know actually yep. get a lot of replay value out of probably world of warcraft that's my I, answer that's why yeah, i said yeah, it's, I it's so one. easy for oh, me it's, it's the wrong answer it's <laughs> uh, the the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is obviously, you know, probably my favorite game of all time, but I think I would get bored with that if I had to play it over and over and over Same. again. World of Warcraft is so expansive. There's so many ways you can play the game, so many things you can do that uh, do that. If I had to play one game for the rest of my life, that's the the one I would choose. Absolutely. Mm, Dan? Yeah, I'm sitting got? here thinking I'm uh, that is a hard question, a very good question, but a very hard question to answer uh i think the, i'm trying to think the latest sim city game i like city building games i think it would nice. be a game that i wouldn't get bored with if i had to play it for the rest of my life uh are you are you like talking like skylines or are you talking like no i whatever i'm trying to think uh i i've enjoyed most of the sim city games hell even the one that came out for the super nintendo i really enjoyed playing oh, that game that was a great one yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I thought I thought you were actually were talking city skylines as well, but you're actually talking legit SimCity. Yes, legit yeah. okay. SimCity. Uh, Shout be... out to my boy Will Wright. Yeah, yeah, for sure. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sure. Je- I'm sure Jessica would probably say The Sims if if you had to ask her. Um, that's a good game. That's Wait, probably, that, 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 that's almost a guaranteed answer there. Yeah, uh, Sean, I'm surprised you're not going with Animal Crossing. This is a stone cold lock, baby. So, hey, you know what? I would say Animal Crossing, but I don't think it would be fair to pick a game that hasn't come out yet. And I think nine years of New Leaf has already proven. I mean, I traded in my 3DS XL like freaking four years ago. So, like, you know what? I would, I might change my answer to Minecraft. Honestly, that's a good one. Um, between the between the mods and the different game modes that you can do in that game, and just the acts, the actual endless amount of content that you can experience. I mean, I might. Well, if, I might if say you have Minecraft. The time, if you have the time, you can actually program other games into Minecraft. 
Yeah. Yep. So, Sean, you're going officially with uh, Sid Meier's Pirates. Oh, that's the worst choice. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, wor- no, that's worse than World of Warcraft. I don't even know how I you're still playing that it. game. That game's like 10 hours long. <laughs> it's it's freaking great, dude. Um, okay, all right. If you if, gun to my head, okay. If I had to just pick something right now, I would hedge my bets and say Animal Crossing. I would. Yeah, that's I, what I figured. I think the new one could be something that I could do. I mean, Stardew Valley's right there. Oh, I didn't. Oh know. my yeah. gosh, Sean! Quick yeah, time wow. event, not long time event. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a fun one. So Sean's fallen somewhere in the Animal Crossing Stardew Valley camp. Yeah, Sean doesn't play games. We know that. (laughs) Sean's Sean's an indecisive little twit. Dude, hey, hey, knock on it all you want, dog, but that game, (laughs) that Sid Meier's Pirates game has got me. (laughs) Even completionist is only 16 hours. Like, 100% of the game is 16 hours. I don't know how you're, you've been playing it since, like, November. (laughs) I would love if he didn't complete everything, too. That'd be the best. <laughs> I have it. I've never beat the game. Of course we had it, it on Sega. We had it on Sega Genesis. I never beat it. And freaking <laughs> I've played it on Xbox 360. I never beat it. Like, I just get into that game and all I do is wreck ships, man. Like every ship I see, I'm like, attack. And then I'm just like <laughs> whooping A this whole time. But you know what ruined it for me is if you get into the game and you get the Indian canoe, it's the fastest ship in the game. And if you get it upgraded, you just like speed past everyone and get right on the ship and fight them. And then the heartbreaker is all you have to do is spam one button and you can win the battle no matter what. It's guaranteed. I- I'm going to I'm going to start Sid Meier's Pirates today and beat it before Sean does. <laughs> Dude. You can beat it today. You can beat it today. Play the game, man. Reggie, play the game. Yeah, I'm telling you, challenge it. That music right there means it's time for the seven-day forecast. But first, we have some Metacritic results to get to from last week, and it was just Dan some and myself. Results. Frank can't no, win. That's Frank all that matters. Can't, Frank can't win this week. It was just Dan and I on the show <laughs> last week. Uh, first game we started off with was Dreams. I said 81, and Dan, you said 83. 19 reviews. 19 reviews. 91. The official wow. Metacritic right you, now for Dreams. I told you that game was going to be awesome during the freaking Thunderdome. And yeah, everyone was like, Dreams, yeah. Dreams is lighting up the chart right now. So Dan closest with his high guess of 83. Uh, Snack World was next. I said 77. And Dan, you said 78. 22 reviews. 68 the official Metacritic so I was closest with my 77 which brings us to a tie but even if Frank you would have gotten that one right with the 76 unfortunately you and I would have went over because it was a 68 Dan was under with his 83 so Dan taking the win this week the, for the Metacritic game. On the board, on the on board the with board. one point. Up there with Kyle with one point. Frank still sitting there with three points. Sean and myself Woo! at zero still. Very unfortunate because I did uh, run away with the game last year. I've lost my touch. Lost it's my, my touch on this win. game. My first win uh, for the Max Level Podcast. Yeah, your first Wait. win. So uh, Really? Yeah. No no joke, dude. Like No joke. Yeah, that's his serious? first win. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? We need to party, dude. Like, <laughs> you going to hit it? You're going to you going to give him the old sound effect and Yeah. Congratulations, big dog. Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
out. Congratulations, Dan. You're the Big Bad Booty Duty champion of Level Down Games, and you get to deliver the closing remarks and pick the game of the week and pick the flavor of weed that Brian's going to smoke after the show. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm always taking recommendations. <laughs> but yeah, you get to choose between two games, and I think it will be a fairly easy choice for any of us here uh, on the show this week. But uh, yeah, more importantly, you do get to deliver those final words, as you did last week. But uh, for the seven-day forecast for this week, February 17th, our first game coming to PC on Wednesday, I think one that all of us are relatively intrigued by. Yep. <laughs> the Suicide of Rachel Foster, 1993, Lois and Clark County, Montana, USA. Ten years ago, teenager Nicole and her mother left the family hotel after discovering her father Leonard's affair with and pregnancy of Rachel, a girl her own age who eventually committed suicide. Now that both of her parents have passed, Nicole hopes to fulfill her mother's last will to sell the hotel and make amends to Rachel's relatives. With the will and determination to put that chapter behind her, she returns to the hotel with a family's lawyer to audit the decaying structure. As the weather unexpectedly turns for the worst, Nicole has no way to leave the large mountain lodge and find support in Irving, a young FEMA agent using one of the first radio telephones ever built. With his help, Nicole starts to investigate a mystery far deeper than what people in the valley thought. A story of love and death, where melancholy and nostalgia melt into a thrilling ghost tale. It just sounds very good. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, it sounds like Gone Home meets What Remains of Edith Finch meets... Uh, Firewatch, any of these, like all those types, like it just sounds so good. Like I'm really excited for this one. I don't know, dude. That it sounds really creepy, but I still want to play it. You know how much I like can't do scary games, right? I, when we played Dead by Daylight, like I was screaming, I was jump scaring like 20 hours into the game. This game sounds creepy balls, dude, and I still want to play it. Oh yeah, dude. I, this is a buy for me this week. Uh, let's take a shot at this. Metacritic guesses, please, as I stare at this horny one. Watermelon that Kyle posted. Oh my God. Like, what the I hell leave is the this? channel for one like, second. I come back to this. What is, is going this? on? <laughs> I'm not proud of my decisions today. Metacritic I guesses, please. Made. Make sure. That guy, that guy's legit, dude. <laughs> Make sure you're in staff quarters. Uh, reveal in three, two, one, go. <laughs> oh my God! Holy smokes! It's an eighty for Dan and eighty. That rounds down to an 84, Frank. An 84 for Frank, an 84 for me, an 82 for Kyle, and an 83 for Sean. We all knew it. <laughs> I wish, I wish uh, Frank or I would have said 81 at this point yes, now. Because then it would have been, been 80, 81, 82, 83, 84. That would have been hilarious. But uh, yeah, it didn't happen. That's awesome. I'm glad that we're all relatively in a line like that. That's going to make whoever wins that one uh, uh, super exciting. <laughs> Are we all? I don't I Actually, I who's buying it this week? I know I am. I'm not. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's. I will actually buy this one this week, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to. I, 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 I just got be. paid, so I, can't, I have no excuse. I need to work on that PC. I really need to start grinding yeah. away and chipping away yeah. in that PC. Probably need to suck a couple more to afford that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you'll, play, you'll play it eventually once you do get the PC built, so... Um, that'd be a fun game to stream just to yeah, see like the jump scares exactly and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It'd be a ton of fun. Yeah. I would love to see you play a scary game. I feel like it would be hilarious to watch your reactions. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good one. This big burly guy with this big beard and he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I mean, freaking Ori and the Blind Forest was working up some tears, man. I mean, it was, you know, 
I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Um, but yeah, cool. No, looking forward to that game. Uh, hopefully, I don't know how long it is. Maybe I'll be able to finish it in like one or two settings. Maybe we'll be able to talk about it next week. Who knows? Uh, game number two for the seven day forecast this week. The last official game coming to PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch on Thursday. It's Under Night in Birth EXE Late CLR. Uh, one that uh, didn't replace too high on Thunderdome, but it is a fighting game. Mm-hmm. One that I'm not surprised Frank wasn't more intrigued by. Well, uh, CLR really doesn't work. You know, like, uh, I've used it before on my shower. It just didn't really clear things out the way I wanted it to. Uh, I see. I see. <laughs> didn't, it didn't clean up that, that afterbirth <laughs> undernight CLR. <laughs> <laughs> afterbirth is such a gross word. <laughs> That's one of my least favorite things, I think. <laughs> what's what's the sequel to this game? Placenta Boys? <laughs> <laughs> Period. Rule! The night. Control a deeper, darker fighting experience than ever before. Battle with 21 unique characters, including the all-new Ladrekia, I think is how you say that, with his original moves, story, stage, and music. Master devastating new combos and dazzling special attacks in online arcade story and training modes. Command combatants with different brawling techniques, showcasing over 12,000 stunning frames of animation. Now, I will tell you guys real quick that uh, these games generally are considered relatively good fighting games and do score somewhat decently on Metacritic. Hey, 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 don't give them any hints. Just <laughs> swayed my vote. If, if, Just if, if swayed they the whole enough vote. To like I was. No, but what, I, what I'm saying is that these ga- I, I do want to be fair. These games are kind of fun, so keep that in mind. Uh, Metacritic guesses, please. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess now I got to roll a 99 here. <laughs> I wouldn't go that high. Reveal in three, two, one, go. To 77 from me, a 72 <laughs> from Sean, an 81 from Dan, a 77 from Frank, and Kyle sitting there hedging his bet on the low with a 61. You um, can't buy my votes, Brian. That's okay. Uh, what, what I like about this is that Frank literally can't win this week. <laughs> well, <laughs> Again. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I picked 84.4. That doesn't count. <laughs> rounds it's down a, to an 84. score on, it, on Metacritic. I mean, R- rounds down to an 84. Uh, yeah, so Frank, neither Frank nor myself can actually win this week. Uh, the best we could do is both win if we were both dead on each time. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> which would do give it. us, bo- which would give us both a point because we would literally be tied. There'd be no prices right rule, so that's the best we can hope for. But uh, yeah, I don't think you or I stand a chance and, this week. And, and, I say, in, in case there's ever a tie in the future, the oldest person wins. No, that's no. We're not. We're, <laughs> we're at the shot. We're Frank's the shot. still Frank's still trying to get <laughs> the you, points. You miss our hundreds. You miss 100% of the that. shots that you don't take, okay? Frank's still trying oh, to get yeah. them points. <laughs> <laughs> also dropping this week on Tuesday, we have the Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th Anniversary Bundle releasing on PS4 and Xbox One. On Thursday, Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 2 releases on PC, PS4, Xbox One, yes. Nintendo Switch. Uh, Dan, you actually just made a joke before we started the show. Uh, the Season 2 of Call of Duty started recently. <laughs> It did. It did. <laughs> and then on Friday, CL Fledge releases on PC and Nintendo Switch. That's a, a visual novel, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, another light week. Uh, we're we're going to start getting busier here soon. But pick of the week this week does go to Dan. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure I know what you're going to choose. Uh, the Suicide of Rachel Foster. There you go. Yeah, your official pick of the week this week for the Maximum Podcast. What about is, the other pick? Is the Suicide of Rachel Foster. What other pick? Smoke weed every day. <laughs> Oh, 
What, what, what's drain, Dan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know, man. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm not brushed up on my strains of marijuana. That's okay. You got any Labrador? No. No? That, that no. joke's too old for our target audience. <laughs> that's, that's a Cheech and Chong joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we'll have some fun with that later. Brian here with the Max Level Podcast. Leveldowngames.com is quickly growing, but with your help and support, we can continue expanding our footprint in the gaming industry at an even faster rate. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, weekly editorial articles, and daily news stories. If you aren't yet visiting leveldowngames.com daily, now is the time. We went through a massive redesign for the beginning of the year, everything is so much easier to find, and it looks like a million dollars. Thanks for all the continued support as we continue to expand our presence in the industry with leveldowngames.com. I, uh, I I do want to talk a little bit here about something that's been bugging me recently. And has, I know it's been bugging Kyle and it's been bugging a lot of people across social media, message boards like Reset Era, Reddit, uh, people. You see people discussing things on Twitch, but there's been a lot of silence this year so far. And obviously, I know we're only in the middle of February as the time of recording. It's February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day or happy late Valentine's Day to everybody out there. But Nintendo and Sony. What are you saying that I shouldn't wish people a happy Valentine's Day? (laughs) Actually, for everybody listening, happy President's Day. Happy President's Day. Yeah. Go back and go back and watch the uh, the Washington premiere from yesterday on the History Channel. It looks relatively interesting. But uh, there's been a lot of silence. Remember remember what your boy Teddy Roosevelt did for the national parks of this great country. Okay, remember remember the Alamo. Yep. That's what. Yep. There's been a lot of <laughs> should, have fought, should have fought harder. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm we just kidding. lost I, all of I our love. Texas listeners. Yeah, they're, they're like... <laughs> There's been a lot of silence centered around both Nintendo's upcoming 2020 lineup beyond Animal Crossing, and I know I know Sean's argument already. Animal Crossing's all they need from 2020, baby. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you sound like VKM over here. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Sony not really talking much about the PlayStation Five, except for that Wired article from last year. Then they revealed the logo at uh, CES, and then uh, just this past week, we uh, found out how much it's going to cost them to manufacture each PlayStation Five. But that's literally the only news we're getting about that. You know, we're nothing, nothing really officially. Uh, no big blowout yet. Obviously, it's already the middle of February. There were heavy rumors that we were going to have a Nintendo Direct last week and then another one this week that obviously hasn't happened yet there were heavy rumors that the playstation meeting was going to happen in early february when they were going to unveil the ps5 to the public and all that hasn't happened yet and 
on the opposite side of the coin, Microsoft has been basically shouting from the rooftops about the Xbox Series X since the Game Awards. We've learned a quite a quite a bit of information about it. We've seen the console. We've seen games like they're they're not being shy about talking about it. So I want to really focus in on this idea like are Nintendo and Sony currently making a mistake by leaving us in the dark now that we are coming to the midpoint and getting closer to the end of February? Quarter one is almost over for 2020, and we still know relatively nothing about what's coming for Nintendo beyond Animal Crossing and nothing for Sony except for Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima this summer, which are two major games. And then obviously we know Godfall is a launch title for PS5 but that's not a, a Sony published game. So are they making a mistake by being so silent in such a pivotal year thus far? No. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking around with us and listening to another episode. Of- <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's serious. I, I think I think no is the right answer. I, I think it is, too. <laughs> there, OK, look, we're at a party right now and Microsoft is the drunk dude trying to pick a fight with the bigger dude in Sony. And he's like, what, you want to go, bro? You want to go? You want to go? You see these guns, bro? And then Sony's sitting there like, dude, I could kill you. Like Sony is going to come out and bust Microsoft right in the face and they're not going to have any ground to stand on because they blew their load two minutes into the into the thing. Like if you look at it, Microsoft, the only thing they haven't revealed is the price, right? Yes. So they're sitting there and they're trying to play this like standoff game. And Sony's like, dude, I'm going to win because you just talked about literally eight tenths of everything that you have to show. They, they could say one thing and be fine. They released a logo and it was fine. Like it's it's not a big deal. You was it I mean? fine though? Have- because it instantly became a meme of of this is all that they're showing. Like it's just a logo and it's they took the P and the PS5 or the PS4, turned it upside down and added a line to it for the five. They did? Literally. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. (laughs) No, I look at this like uh, Microsoft's kind of like that guy that shows up to a blind date in a Porsche. You know, he's got all this flashy trying to show it off and the date sucks and it ends shitty. PlayStation is the the guy that shows up in your uh, Chevy Cobalt 2007, you know, you've had for 11 years and, uh, you know, and uh, the date goes great. (laughs) Nothing you expect, right? I I like that they're not saying anything. I I feel like they probably feel pretty confident behind the scenes and uh, they'll be ready when they're ready. And I think it will amaze us. Um, what from what I understand, a big reason why Sony hasn't said anything is because they're currently struggling in terms of production for the PlayStation 5. Uh, they're they're trying to keep costs down, but a lot of the parts that they're putting into the PS5, they're in short supply, so they're not even sure. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about the uh, the coronavirus effect on some of the, the next gen stuff coming up this holiday season last week on the show. Dan and I went pretty in depth on that, but um, the PS5 right now currently costs them $450 to build. And obviously, you know, they, they're probably going to be willing to take a loss. I mean, most companies do when consoles first initially come out. So there's there is a chance that the PS5 does launch at three ninety nine, which would be huge because we already know the Xbox is probably going to launch at four ninety nine like it did last gen um, or this current gen, I guess I should say. But it would be it would be huge for them to do that. But at the same time, if, if they're in short supply, they may not be willing to take a loss. So the PS5 might actually be the same 
same price as the Xbox Series X at $499, which I think is a fair price point. I think we are all expecting it to be $499. I, I think if it came in at $399, that would be a blessing in disguise for so many people. But I think a lot of people went into this coming up holiday season expecting to spend about 500 bucks on a new console plus accessories and games. But, That's the norm, right? Well, yeah. I mean, generally, outside of Nintendo. Generally, $399 or $499 is a normal price point. Yeah, Nintendo comes in usually around $299 or so. Um, but but I kind of disagree with you guys a little bit in saying no, because I think that Microsoft, you know, us seeing the console, seeing that it's a legitimate thing, seeing what the what the tower looks like. And obviously it is a tower. It does look like a PC for the most part, getting a glimpse of the controller and then seeing a next gen game already in Hellblade 2 was super hype. And a lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were getting swayed by, man, maybe I do want to switch to Xbox. You know, Hellblade is a good game. Xbox Game Pass is such a great service. Yes, it's available on PC, but there's way more games available if you sign up on an Xbox as opposed to playing on PC. You have like almost two times the amount of games on Game Pass on Xbox than you do on the PC version of Game Pass. So a lot of people were talking about that. Obviously, we know Halo Infinite is coming and that looks incredible. But I think Microsoft has an advantage going into what's left of E3. You know, obviously, E3 is in shambles right now. Jeff Keighley pulling out uh, a lot of companies not going to be there this year. EA obviously hasn't been there in a couple years. Nintendo doesn't really hold a big event, but they do still attend. There were some potential rumors that they were going to back out. Uh, Sounds like they're still going to be there. But I mean, a lot of companies are foregoing E3 now, but Microsoft is still going to be there. They're still going to have a big showcase. And Microsoft this year, they don't have to worry about talking much about the console. They get to come out. They'll probably have the final version of what it's going to look like on the stage. They're going to reveal the price point. It's probably going to be $4.99. But what they get to focus on this year is games. They get to focus on showcasing all of the games that are going to be launching for the Xbox Series X, the games that we get to be excited about next year. And I think that's going to be a, a smart move for them, because when it's all about the games, as Reggie used to say when he was at Nintendo, a lot of people get really invested. You look at Sony's big biggest and best E3 conferences from years past. What was it? Uh, 2016 or 2017 when they did a totally different kind of showcase. They came out uh, on stage at the beginning and then from there it was literally just game, 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 game. Trailer after trailer after trailer. There was no talking in between. No big wigs came out. There were no stats. There was nothing. And that is considered I think it was 2016. That is considered still to this day Sony's best E3 press conference. And I do agree with that this year. You know, if they don't have a PlayStation meeting where they announce officially the PS5 and get all that crap out of the way, they're going to have to do something at E3. And we already know that Sony's not going to be at E3. So I don't know what their what their plan is right now. Obviously, when they do unveil the PS5, they're going to have to go into like the specifications. They're going to have to showcase it for the first time. We're going to see the new DualShock 5 and who knows how many games they're going to choose to show. Microsoft can literally devote their entire two hours to games at E3. Sony's PlayStation meeting 
back in 2013 was like an hour, an hour and a half long. And a lot of that gets devoted to talk about the console itself. So I think a lot of people might end up being hyped after or say come this summertime about games coming to Xbox Series X. And we might just be kind of left scratching our heads wondering what PlayStation is going to have for us somewhat soon for PS5. Nintendo, on the other hand, we absolutely know nothing about besides Animal Crossing for 2020. Obviously, we know Bravely Default 2 is coming. There's been rumors of a new 2D Metroid. There's been rumors of a new Paper Mario. But all that stuff right now is strictly just that rumors besides Bravely Default 2 and Xenoblade uh, Definitive Edition. Everything else is up in the air. We need to know what's coming for the Switch. Like this is a pivotal year for the Switch with new consoles releasing this holiday season, um, you know, if there's not going to be anything of importance for Nintendo, they could lose a lot of the steam that they have right now. Sales for PS4 and Xbox One are declining like they, they've plateaued. They're going downhill now that the new consoles are coming this year. Sales for the Switch are staying steady and rising at the same time. So unless they start talking soon, I think they're in trouble. Kyle, I, I, I'm curious what your take is on this. I think you're right about Nintendo missing a big opportunity here because with with the new stations, you know, the new PlayStation, the new Xbox Series X coming out later this year, presumably, we are entering a time where if something big doesn't happen for the Switch, I think a lot of people are probably going to start selling their switches in order to afford these new systems right it's been out for a few years now some of the big games that have already come out like breath of the wild super mario odyssey people are done with those brian you finally entered that club this yeah. week yeah. um but especially you know, with the potential of the switch pro next year people could be willing to trade in their switch now to be able to afford exactly. a ps5 or an xbox series x and then just say hey you know i'll just pick up a switch pro next year exactly and if we yeah. don't have a reason to hold on to our switches no, I'm not going to trade in my switch. I don't, I don't think any of us are going to trade in our switches. Those of us that no. have switches, but I, I do think that there are a, a decent number of people out there that if nothing big comes out for the switch this year, people are going to start looking into GameStop trading those, you know, in order to help, help finance those other systems. There is something, there has to be something on the horizon for them. And I think that hype is important for video games as well. What makes me not as worried, Nintendo's been very good with marketing this generation. And so it makes me think that something huge is on the horizon at the end of this year. Otherwise, they would have been hyping things up by now. Things that they're a little more nervous will, you know, maybe not sell well. They hype up a lot ahead of time. And things that they are very confident in, they'll just drop, you know, a couple months, you know, kind of quick announcements. All right, it's coming out in three months, right? That's what happened with Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, and, and it's, you know, kind of what happened with Zelda breath of the wild towards the end. It just kind of like, all right, it's coming out in two months. You know, we had a very quick release date from that final trailer. So there's, there's good marketing strategy going on at Nintendo right now that I'm not too nervous with them. I do think there's probably something big planned for the end of this year. And we just don't know what it is. PlayStation, on the other hand, I think has some catching up to do. They started this race for the next generation very strong with with kind of throwing out details right off the bat in, you know, magazines and in articles. Yeah, and Wired had been, that breaking story. Yeah, and then have been really silent since then. Not a lot has come out. Nothing has come out since the beginning of the year. And we were, you know, kind of speculating that we were going to get the PS5 reveal event in February. Well, that doesn't look like it's going to be the case anymore. Maybe it'll be March now. But I think once that PS5 reveal event does happen 
And I think that it probably will in March. I think we'll probably get a pickup of information after that point as well. I don't know why they're waiting so long. I don't know why Nintendo and Sony are waiting so long to announce everything. Hopefully it'll be worth the wait. But uh, so far, 2020 has been kind of aggravating for, you know, being a gamer, not knowing what to expect, not knowing what to look forward to. Yeah, I was actually reading a, a thread on Reset Era and a lot of people actually are sharing that same sentiment. Like 2020 has been frustrating because there hasn't been anything major and there isn't going to be until the middle of March at this point now with uh, games starting to come out. Like, you know, unless you're into like remakes and, you know, ports like I was with Tokyo Mirage Sessions or unless you have a decently sized backlog to get through. If you just play a couple games at a time or, you know, you do finish games when they come out and you don't carry a backlog, there's been nothing for you to play since like. November like it's really has been a very dry spell in terms of gaming and hype does go like you said it does go a long way in terms of keeping people invested and keeping people to you know having something to look forward to it there there hasn't been a lot of that going on there's been a lot of delays going on you know games that we were looking forward to coming out over the next couple months getting pushed back to September and cyberpunk and Marvel's Avengers you know Final Fantasy 7 remake getting a full month delay to April. Ori was supposed to be out by now. That got delayed till March. Uh, all, all these things that have just been happening. It's It's been negativity after negativity. And there really hasn't been a lot of positivity so far in, in 2020. And in that thread I was reading on Reset Era, people being so frustrated with Nintendo, you know, yes, we will shout from the rooftops about Animal Crossing and how much we love it here at Living Out Games. All six of us, uh, you know, the five on the podcast and Jessica. Jessica's literally buying that Animal Crossing switch to have her own switch to play Animal Crossing. So that way we don't have to fight over who gets to play on certain days and who gets to play and do what. Like, you know, obviously that that's a big deal for us. And her being such a big fan of like Rune Factory 4 and Rune Factory 5, these games that are coming up soon. And now that the PlayStation Vita has kind of been phased out and, you know, all these visual novels that she enjoys are going to be coming to the switch because it's the most logical platform to release them on. Uh she just wants to have her own so that we don't have to worry about who gets to play the switch when. So a lot of people don't care. I know it's crazy to say about animal crossing. If you go into that thread and read about people like that, that just want to know what's coming next for the switch. There's a lot of people saying, yeah, animal crossing is just not my cup of tea. And it is, it's not for everybody. It's a very niche game. It's a very specific game that a very specific type of audience really does enjoy, but there's not a lot of like gameplay there. Like there's, yes, there's things to do, but there's not a lot of game there. You, You know, you're living your life, you're fishing, you're catching bugs, you're, trading furniture, talking to animals, participating it, it, in the it's holidays. It's a much more chill game than it is like yes, an action or adventure. It is. Yeah, like if you're looking for a game in terms of a video game, Animal Crossing's not it. Animal Crossing is a very simulation type of game that a, a very specific audience really gets into and really enjoys. But those that want more like of a Zelda experience or a Mario experience or a JRPG experience, what do they have to look forward to? And people are getting frustrated with the silence and it's just been mind-boggling to me to see how many like pro Nintendo people that I'm familiar with getting very frustrated about this whole situation. I I think they need to con their tits a little bit. I feel like there's going to be you know, the, the, like, like a big Nintendo thing, a big Sony thing. 
It's just that E3 is, is going to be a dud. But it's it, we're going to get something. I'm almost going to guarantee it. By like May, we'll hear something. But May is way too long. Or July. Ooh, see, that is way too long. We're in the middle of February. This is the first quarter. Uh, we already know what's coming out for Nintendo for first quarter. Yeah, one game. That That's the issue is that they have one game for the first quarter. You don't really count Tokyo Mirage Sessions because it was a, a re like a port. But we know nothing for quarter two. And by now, we normally know what's coming leading up to June. I would say, too, that I think the signs in the industry are kind of here as well. I noticed that this week there was a pretty steep sale in the PlayStation store. A lot of games went on sale, a lot of big games on pretty deep discounts, too. Um, Epic Game Store having a sale right now as well. Lots of games on pretty steep discounts. And I think that these distributors are kind of starting to feel a little bit of that frustration as well and are trying to curb a little bit of losses, you know, in what they might experience in quarter one this year because they want to post good earnings reports to their investors. You know, they don't want to come back and say, well, we've sold absolutely nothing for three months because well, there's not? been nothing because <laughs> there's been nothing. Right. And so and so there's been there's been some pop up sales on steam that have come up epic game store place and, and uh you know what the nintendo eShop just recently had a sale yeah, the, i was gonna say the eShop had a pretty good sale recently yeah well, there's, I still, say, there's still one going on but do you which think is like, maybe very, which is very uncommon it's, it's for nintendo uncommon because fire emblem three houses i think was 50 percent off that is wow. not something that nintendo does frequently and so i think that they've been feeling the hurt of this a little bit as well do you feel like maybe all these delays that hit is what kind of bungled this whole situation up? No, I definitely think that because, delays... Because, like, Metro, Me- Metroid should have been in this kind of yeah. period. Like, yeah, no, obviously they've, there's been a lot of, like, mess-ups and screw-ups, and I don't... I, I use those terms loosely, but, you know, there's been a lot of things that have happened that has offset a lot of, of what could have been sort of a thing. But there should be plans in store for when that kind of stuff happens. Case in point... Uh, uh, if Pikmin 4 is as done as initially it said, why wouldn't you put that out? Because that is a game that would sell. People like Pikmin, not Frank, but people do like Pikmin. I hate it. And like, you <laughs> know, Miyamoto, Miyamoto's like, you know, what was it like three years ago? Yeah, Pikmin 4 is basically done. If that's the case, you have a dry spell, release the game. It doesn't matter if there's no marketing behind it. Put the game out. It'll sell. Uh, the localized version of Mother 3, supposedly Nintendo has been had done for a while and has been just sitting on it again we're at a dry spell why wouldn't you just put that out like get some revenue make some sales metroid prime trilogy is something else that nintendo has supposedly had done for a while and they're just waiting to release it closer to the release of metroid prime 4 who cares that's something that would sell put it out like there's things that they could have done to alleviate a lot of this boredom and a lot of this monotony that has been going on over the past couple months with no games releasing um, Sony probably has things that they could have done that with as well. Uh, I, I don't know, obviously, the case, but they might have some things. You know, they what what, what do they have? MLB the show. Oh, who cares? I was about to say, it, all, it all changes. It all changes. Who cares? It all changes. Let the hype train start. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, that is not a game that's going to sell systems. Like that, that's not going to be something that the the normal gamer is going to be up in arms about. Yeah, obviously, those that enjoy baseball games and the sport are going to be super excited because it's one of the only options out there. But still. 
there needs to be more. And the silence just has been it's been deafening you know, as silence is. But it's it's been scary. Like, I'm nervous and I don't want to be nervous. I'm not as worried for Sony, but I, I am uh, worried for Nintendo, uh, you know, with with the way this year is going to be, you know, with Sony and Microsoft coming out with two new consoles, you know, uh, Nintendo does need to be bringing some big games. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Sean, you initially said no, and I want to hear why Animal Crossing's all they need for the next 17 years, baby. Come on. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, the only reason why I say no on behalf of Nintendo is because it has long been their strategy to go after Sony and Xbox. And so they're they're not in a part of their life cycle of Nintendo Switch that I feel like they need to worry that much. I feel like they've established their player base. They have a lot of good games available and they're going to be bringing out games this year. Let's not kid ourselves. Like we have a lot of announcements that are still coming to fruition. We know that as Nintendo players, they've spent years training us. No, we do. I just think that there, there should have been something by now that we should have known at least through June what's coming. I'm not talking the end of the year. I don't care about that. Right, right. I think, and if if I were guessing, which we guess a lot on here, and sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, I think they're going to shadow drop some stuff. And it's not going to be like anything huge, but they're, they're going to put out stuff, and then they're going to have a big Nintendo event around E3 like they always do, and they're going to talk about stuff that is coming out very shortly, and it's going to be fine. I just don't think that right now is a big time to freak out because it's only February 15th. So it's not it's not like we're sitting here into March already. We still have a little ways to go for news to pop or things to go. They announce Switch Directs, Nintendo Directs, like two days before they happen. Yeah, yeah, they do. They literally like on a on a Tuesday, they'll be like, tune in this Thursday for like they they, they don't give you much time to prepare. <laughs> so so I'm not worried about it. Like, I think that they still have time to write the ship. But yes, if they continue on this trajectory until freaking end of March into April. Yeah, I'd be worried. I would. But it's not uncommon for us to find out about a project that's coming out in two months from Nintendo. It's just not. So now as far as Sony goes, I think, yeah, maybe they have a cause to worry. But like I said, people are chomping at the bit for any piece of information they can get. And I just don't see them giving up that power just yet. Let let Microsoft flounder every day that no uh, announcement goes on is a day that no one is talking about Microsoft anymore. If you bring up Sony stuff again, immediately the comparisons begin and Microsoft Xbox Series X is still relevant. So you don't want to give them that opportunity to have that that place in the conversation. Let the hype die down. They blew their load too early and then come in and announce around E3 season like you always do for every new generation of game coming out. It makes perfect sense to just let Xbox sit there and look stupid and go, oh, guys, I guess the party's over. You know, you you don't want to be goaded into a fight. Does that make sense? No, I I mean, I yeah, no, I agree with that. I I agree with all that. Totally see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I've enjoyed the 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 different takes. 
takes and the different, uh, you know, looks at everything. Uh, this this is kind of what I wanted to do with this. Like I said, I went we went into this with no direction. I just kind of wanted to see where the uh, the conversation was going to go. And I'm I'm pretty happy with with the way that it turned out. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, there's still, you know, this episode posts on the 17th President's Day, as Frank mentioned earlier. There still could be an Animal Crossing direct this week, as was rumored. You know, we could get that announcement tomorrow and the direct could be on Thursday. And then there's still a full another week uh, in in February because one of the trusted Nintendo insiders that, you know, I I do think is generally right more often than wrong did say we'd be getting two directs this week. There are still two weeks left, so it could still happen. Uh, This 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 discussion could have been all for nothing, but I, I think it was still worth having because there has been so much silence going into 2020 about what is going to happen with the rest of this year that I kind of wanted to get some thoughts on that and put it out into the ether to see what other people think. And and yeah, we definitely want to hear what you think about, you know, obviously the silence with the Nintendo Switch, with the PS5 and what Microsoft has been doing. So drop us comments in the in Discord, drop us comments on social media. You can post if you listen on Podbean's app, you can post comments on there as well. You can post comments on our website. Well, I know a lot of people stream off of our website when they're at work and that kind of stuff because it's just the easiest thing to do so um yeah let us know what you think on this whole situation and uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see if you guys agree with us or if you have totally different takes so let's let's check what that do you out you want to see brian like brian you are the ultimate in my opinion on the show I think you have the most knowledge. Sorry, guys. What do you want to see from Sony? And what do you want to see from Nintendo? If it's like a little crumb, what crumb do you want right now? What would appease you enough to be like, okay, don't don't be like, oh, I want to see screenshots of the PS5 because no, we know that's no. not going to happen. I, I, I literally have the answers for for Sony. I would like to see the media get their invites to the PlayStation meeting. Okay. I would, I would like to, you know, even if they can't say exactly when it is, obviously, you know, they invite media to to come. Obviously, we're probably not going to get to go. We're not big enough in Sony's eyes yet to really attend that kind of stuff or, uh, you know, to to do anything like that for for them. So uh, we, we won't get invited to the PlayStation meeting. But I know a lot of people that I talk to and that I follow will. So I will find out through the grapevine when the PlayStation meeting probably is. So I would like to know that the media got invited to an event because then we know it's coming for Nintendo. Just give me that press release email. Put it out there. Nintendo Direct coming up Thursday, whatever like that. That, that's literally okay. all they need to do. Like, they just need to let us know that it's coming. And I think people would be appeased by that information. That's literally all they have to do. Easy, right? Yeah, it's simple. Right now, the answer is simple. It really is. How can and you say that we're not on Sony? We sh- we're not on Sony's radar. We, I mean, MLB the show. Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sony's- right, baby. Sony doesn't care about us yet. No, just kidding. <laughs> but that music right there, though, obviously it's time to move into a little kickstart my heart. And I am excited to do this one. Uh, I opened this link before when we started the show, literally uh, two and a half hours ago, because we all gathered in Discord uh, around 10 a.m. It's now 1245, so two hours, 45 minutes ago. Obviously, the show is not going to be that long. It will be chopped down to normal length. We'll take out some stuff. But I just reopened like the uh, or reopened the tab that the I had opened in this Kickstarter 
quarter jumped up seven thousand dollars or six thousand dollars since I last opened it. So uh, I've, the, I've been watching it steadily increase as well. Yeah, there's there's definitely uh, something going on here. And Kyle, this is actually something that you brought to our attention. I want to say early last week. Obviously, we already had the uh, the wonderful 101 picked out for uh, Kickstart My Heart last week. Uh, so obviously, this is this my first for this official week. backed game on Kickstarter, by the way. Yeah, I saw that you were just actually talking about that in Discord, like asking when you get to select the platform you want and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously, I, I think Techie Geek uh, shared a Kickstarter that we're going to be doing next week on the show for Kickstart My Heart. But this one right here is interesting because it's a cyberpunk RPG. And obviously, a lot of us here do enjoy the cyberpunk uh, cyberpunk aesthetic. And it's a game known as Cyber Knights. Cyber Knights is a tactical RPG that plunges you and your team of hackers, uh, mercs and thieves into the neon soaked future of 2231. Nice. Explore the dystopian cyberpunk future of 2231 as you command a company of shadow mercenaries working for the highest bidder. Cyber Knights wraps a world full of consequential story choices and significant character development around a rich core of classic and new mechanics. The game combines tactical elements like stealth hacking and tense combat with strategic features like base building, contact management, and in-depth squad customization. Cyber Knights invites you to jack in and explore a unique... I wonder if that's supposed to be hack-in, but it says jack-in. And explore a unique cyberpunk world and the immersive human stories of your Merc team in the dark future of 2231. Uh, obviously, this is blown up on Kickstarter. Not nearly as much as, like... Uh, um, the wonderful 101 has, but uh, let, let's read about some of the, the turn-based tactics. It says here, at its core, Cyber Knight's Flashpoint blends top-quality tactical combat experiences with strategic squad and base building. Tactical combat in Cyber Knights is inspired by classic turn-based games in the genre. Every member of your customized squad and each enemy unit brings their own special abilities, tricked-out weapons, and ammo loadout to the fight. Depending on the mission, you'll pick up to six specialists from your team of hired mercenaries. Based on their mix of jobs, talents, cybernetic implants, and customized weapons, you'll find ways to outmaneuver and outgun the enemy to complete the mission. Whenever you end up in a firefight, you'll want to win quickly and decisively as the weaponry of 2231 outclasses defensive armor. Taking even a few bad hits can leave you limping, grievously wounded, or worse. You'll need to stack your advantages by using cover, uh, positioning, high ground, overwatch, and a mix of overlapping short and long-range weaponry. When you can, you'll use your stealth abilities, equipment, and cybernetics to ambush unsuspecting enemies and kill them quickly and without alerting others. As your criminal career progresses, your opponents will be increasingly sophisticated and coordinated. Early conflicts might have you facing off with gang enforcers and paramilitary street militias, but the money follows the risk, and you're sure to come up against security contractors and corporate forces soon enough, who will bring different specialists, abilities, and types of intelligence and coordination to the battlefield. Or just battle. Security guard patrols and response behaviors will be a puzzle for your mercenaries to master er uh, early, but predicting a homicidal corporate security system's next move will be a bigger challenge. As you infiltrate deeper into the target facility, security systems will work to eliminate your threat by isolating and terminating your team. The game features a gridless movement based, uh, system to maximize the options for unique and exciting environment design. By removing the grid, the team has added precise control over your movement and positioning paired with more exciting and challenging sight lines and cover mechanics. Instead of tiles, a Cyber Knights uses ray casting and 3D volumes to select targets for game.
in-game mechanics like gunfire, explosions, debuffs, and visual detection. This lets the team state mechanics in a clear way, such as anti-personnel grenades apply damage in a sphere with a 3-meter radius, with decreasing splash damage out to 5 meters, rather than calculating affected targets using tiles and some approximations. So, as I said, this has definitely been doing quite well on Kickstarter. Uh, they were looking for an initial goal of $50,000 US dollars as of time of recording. They're currently sitting just over $126,000 US dollars with 2,662 backers, still 19 days to go, and they've unlocked a healthy amount of stretch goals. Um, so much so that the newest one literally unlocked while we were recording. Um, you know, at 110,000, they unlocked a new dog breed, but the 120,000 here that they haven't updated the goal with yet uh, unlocks a new battle drone. Kyle, you shared this with me. I so what is, your, what is your hype level on this? I'm pretty hyped about it just because I do like the setting so much. I like the music a lot and I like the gameplay. So I think that it's a really good mix of things that I enjoy. Again, I'm not it's just... Uh, there's not enough shown for me at this point, but sure, I get that. Yeah. I mean, there's very little about the game that's been shown, um, but I like the idea behind it. I like that there's, you know, a, a pretty clear direction that they're taking with the game. And I think that if they continue in that direction, this is going to be a game that I end up playing. The obviously the setting, the cyberpunk setting and the old style like RTS type movement, like it's sort of inspired by XCOM, but, you know, uh, it has a lot of movement with like Mario Rabbids as well. Like, you know, just that classic movement style, turn based style strategy type of thing. Uh, I, I wouldn't really compare this much to to like Blizzard style of RTS games, though there are some similarities to that as well. And, you know, obviously with our discussion recently, just with Warcraft 3 Reforged earlier on in the show, it's interesting to see this now. I'm actually pretty intrigued by this. Like, it, it does look quite good. I think the mechanics look the best. I, yeah. I think yeah. the, the graphics leave a little bit to be desired, but it's early development, right? So we can't be too critical. If if the if the new XCOM game that came out recently had these kind of mechanics, I feel like it'd be a lot more successful. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there's, they're obviously saying uh, March 2021, so this is definitely, and that could get delayed, this is definitely a next year game. So there's still time for them to work on it. Yeah, no, I mean, the the cool thing about RTS games has always been like utilizing the the abilities of the characters you're controlling. But for the most part, I've never experienced a game where each one was unique on the battlefield in this type of setting. OK, I mean, if you look at like, you know, XCOM, we just brought it up. You have units that are like foot like a, like a soldier and then you have like something else. It's not like the person has a name and a purpose and a specific specific skill set not that i know of i could be wrong i mean people can correct me if they want to hit us up on our discord that's fine but i feel like this is a lot more exciting because you're playing as a character and you're controlling all of those unique abilities that no one else has so i think that's kind of cool it helps you overcome things and makes you think differently about tactics and not just getting a you know certain amount of people in the same classification in one area and then another class in another area and then pincering or something this feels a lot more like a metal gear solid XCOM 
from than anything else. I was going to say that. Yeah, like there's definitely a lot of inspiration from MGS in this. And that that is super exciting to me being a fan uh, of that series. Frank, I know you're a big Metal Gear fan as well. I don't know. Obviously, you're not a huge RTS guy, so I'm assuming you're going to skip this. Uh, Dan, I'm assuming this is not up up your alley either. I'm also I'm also skipping because the creators are from Boston and you know how I feel about this. Dang. Yeah, Dan, I'm not I'm I'm assuming this is not up your alley either. So No, it is it is not in my ballpark. But but I do know we do have a a decent amount of listeners that do enjoy RTS games. So, uh check this out. Again, it's on kickstarter.com. It's called Cyber Knights and it it obviously it doesn't need the help, but obviously I like to spread awareness. The game is doing quite fine on its own. But let, I would like to see some of these other Kickstarter stretch goals get uh, get reached. Like at 140,000, they're going to do an animation expansion, uh, 150,000 Skyrise environment, a new soundtrack type thing at 160,000. So I would like to see it at least get to that uh, 200,000 mark so that we can get the uh, the Matrix MK2 type whole expansion thing that they were going to do there. So that would be uh, that would be cool to see. So, yeah, Kickstarter.com. Check out the game. It's called Cyber Knights, a new RTS game coming from Treese Brothers Games. And, yeah, they're based out of Boston, as Frank mentioned. <laughs> I appreciate that Frank has principles, though. Yeah. <laughs> Even if the game looks good, it's from Boston. No, thanks. <laughs> I have no issues with Boston. I've been there before. I like Boston. I'm, I'm going later this year. Frank, how do you feel about clam chowder, bud? New England clam chowder. Oh, you don't go the Boston okay. type? Well, that's New, that's New England. Uh, I, I, I'll give them oh, that. I guess you're right. And they, have good ba- they also have good baked beans. <laughs> yes, they what about do. A, what about a like Boston crab? Yeah. That's a wrestling move, isn't but, it? It is. It is. You're dead <laughs> right, it is. And it'll the make Boston you crab? <laughs> I, you know... I I just don't like I don't like Boston because of sports. Um, they got they got the Bruins. They got the friggin' Devil Patriots. They're, they're all the worst. How are we gonna feel if Tom Brady becomes a Raider though? I mean I, I'm okay with it. There is a possibility. It's not, like, it's not like his A ain't gonna get sacked in the AFC West. <laughs> I've seen I've seen like feelers out for him from the Raiders, from the Chargers, and from the Cowboys so far. So yeah. Oh, I would love for him to be a Cowboy. Dude, well, they're talking about. You have no, you have no idea how much it would piss off the Giants fans. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's absolutely bananas for them to trade Dak for one or two years with Tom. I think that's really a bad idea. But we'll see, I guess. That's all I'm asking for Christmas for this year is, uh, is for that to happen. Tom Brady to the to the Cowboys. <laughs> yes, because there's one thing I hate more than Boston fans is Giants fans. I'm with you, bud. Dan, you do get the final words the uh, for the show this week since you did win the medical critic game earlier so what are the final words of the show well the last few times i've had the final words i've promoted my twitch channel twitch.tv slash k-r-a-i-z-d one one um, but we're not going to do that this but we're time. not going to no we're not going to do that this time uh, i'm going to just kind of talk about just enjoying life uh a year ago i was on a good spot uh, i talked about doing a twitch channel and streaming on twitch uh but i i kind of got out of video games so you know i had lost that passion uh, i started streaming on twitch you know i, I was scared to do it it uh don't if you're scared to do it you know there, there's so much uh help uh online youtube videos i mean i i had uh i know brian had helped me out a little bit i had a few other people help me out you know uh take that take that step you know because it's it's helped me uh enjoy life so much more uh my wife comments on it a few times a week about how much happier i've been now that i've started streaming and now that i'm doing this podcast and i'm really getting more involved with video games 
enjoy life. Life is short, you know, uh, cherish the things we have. And more importantly, work on making yourself be more happy. Uh, life is uh, more than staring at the same four walls for however many hours a week you work. Get out there, do the things you love. And I'm proof that you can be scared, but take that step, take that leap because it pays off. And I'm, I'm, I'm six, eight months into streaming and I'm a few months into doing the podcast. And I absolutely am loving what I do. And it makes life so much better. I like that. Good, good final good words. Man. Yeah, I like, yeah, I, like I like that. I like that a lot. But that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level Made Possible by LevelDownGames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all of the awesome music. Regardless Woo! of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to share your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash LevelDownGames. And subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash LevelDownGames and click that follow button. As Dan mentioned, yeah, we didn't plug it, even though we did. Twitch.tv forward slash crazed 11 K-R-A-I-Z-D-1-1. Go give him a follow as well. Thanks to everyone that already has done that, that listened to our show so far. Uh, the more we can get for the support for him, the uh, the better. So that's awesome. Do that. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check that description box for the appropriate links. And in that description box, you will find a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. We want every listener of the Maximal Podcast, every listener. Yeah, it was late, Sean. Every listener of the uh, <laughs> PG Media and uh, every listener or reader, I should say of maximal uh what what the hell's our website levelongames.com that's our website every uh every person that consumes our content i was gonna say maxlevel.com because that's what the show we're recording but uh yeah you're no if you're i should be if you're uh <laughs> if you're a fan of our content jump into our discord server don't be scared it's it is active but we don't have a ton of people in there we do want to get to know every single person that consumes our shows obviously i see our numbers we are getting thousands upon thousands of downloads and we thank you for that but we want to get to know you guys better come into discord interact with us all of us minus frank are relatively active in there so uh, just tag Frank if you want to talk to him he'll jump in there but more often than not myself Kyle, Sean and Dan are, are constantly checking Discord. And... If you cash out Frank you'll definitely get a response <laughs> Basically yeah so so, so jump in there, talk to us have some fun, let's, let's, let's have some fun in Discord. Uh, until next week keep gaining experience until you reach Max Max, Max. Max. Maxlevel.com is actually a website for... Uh, yeah, like, no, I think Maxlevel.com exists, and I think BGMania.com also exists, which is why we want Maxlevel.com. It's a Finnish website for non-stop power transfers. <laughs> <laughs> it's an English level website, but it's a Finnish company. Yeah, I think BGMania.com also exists. I was actually going to buy those two yeah, domains just to have them. You can buy BGMania.com. Oh, then that, then that recently came up then. Because I, I, I looked into it, uh, I think I'll say that the year, I might actually pick up that domain and just... Uh, a little bit on games.com. 